This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and a special guest. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hey there, listener, and welcome back to another Behold podcast. It's great to be with you on this fine, well, for us, it's fine Wednesday, whatever day you're listening. It's probably a great day, too, for you. So Sean and Dan, as usual, and today we have quite the treat, quite the uh, delight in that we have one of our own elders. I don't just mean he's old. I mean, he's wise and discerning and all those things. Say hello to Mr. Brent Robery. Say hi, Brent. Man, it's great! It's great to have you, dude. the 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 film student who became a contractor, and the contractor who became a marriage and family therapist, and who became an elder at VBC. It's quite the journey. Quite quite a, quite a legendary man to have in our midst. And there's few people in our church family who can empathize with the idea of being nailed to a cross like Brent Robery can. <laughs> you, you'll have to ask him about that story one time. He's got a lot of good war good. stories, war stories from the job. Yeah. But how, how you doing? How you feeling, Brent? What, what have you been up to today so far? Yeah, I'm doing well. And uh, like Sean said, it, it, it's a Wednesday for us. And not only is it a Wednesday, but it's the first Wednesday of the month. And um, I got to wake up um, to uh, Reveille. Um, and I'm not talking somebody playing a trumpet by my bedroom, <laughs> but um uh, I don't know if you guys uh, are aware of this or not, but on uh, the first Wednesday of every month, um, we have a men's meeting. It's called Reveille, and we come together, and it's just guys being guys. And um, this morning, uh, kind of the theme was relationship, both dating relationship, marital relationship, uh, things along those lines. And so um, I would encourage all of you male listeners, um, and that means uh, teenagers as well, if you can drive, I know it's early in the morning, but we will do what we can to get you out of there at seven o'clock. But it's just a good time to come and to meet with people, meet with other men and hear their stories. So that was how my day started. And then I have the privilege of of meeting with you all with you all today. Um, so thank you. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and hey, another another th- important detail, you kind of buried the lead a little bit on this whole Reveille thing. Uh, they had donut holes and coffee there. Okay. So Whoa. be there next, next month and, and bring a friend and it's, it is time well spent. I guarantee it. And a lot of people, it was really fun. Some people went, went to work cause that's the thing. Uh, but then other people went out to breakfast or coffee with somebody that they met there at the thing. So it's just a great way to, to get connected and, and, and just have some good quality fellowship with, with some dudes, the VBC dudes. Yeah. And there's something special about just being with a bunch of men, you know, you still have the same freedom to be open and honest on Sunday mornings amongst, you know, the, the, the crowd that we're in. And I'll tell you what, culturally, it's becoming more and more rare for men to be open and honest with what they're struggling with and just so important to make space for that. So I add to the, to the voice, come to the next Reveille. Yeah. That was well-spoken, Sean. Oh, thank you, Brent. Oh. Uh, Dan, how are you doing? Great. Yeah. Um, I got, I got no complaints. I just, 
just came from uh, from the pickleball courts. Um, had some uh, some victorious takedowns, but some humbling defeats as well. So, you know, it's good for the good for the ego to be brought low a little bit. But got a nice little workout uh, and uh, enjoyed the the beautiful weather. It's kind of fun. There's some some nice cloud cover out there today. So it was, it was nice. Yeah. How about you, Sean? Yeah. You know, what's funny is, uh, I mean, you know, this, we talked about it, but Wendy is teething like no other right now. So she is not sleeping well. And I'll say that same thing. You know, I had some victorious put downs, putting her to sleep and I had some (laughs) humbling defeats by my daughter. Yes. So, uh, yeah, but other than that, you know, besides the no sleep thing, everything is great. Wendy is six months old and just a joy and, Everything's good. Pray for Patty for her sanity. You know she's home with the baby, and I'm at work. But other than that, everything is is great. So, uh, anyways, thanks both of you for being here, and thanks you listener for joining us. And you know, if you're new to Behold or you're, this is one of your first ones you've listened to, typically we will take a look at what we just heard as a church family this last Sunday or two Sundays ago for me, and just chew on it a little bit, chew the cud together, process a little bit together. And man, this last Sunday was quite the Sunday, quite fitting for what we're going through. And, you know, we're in our series called Love and Liberty, looking at 2 Corinthians. And I feel like, I don't know about you guys, I feel like this Sunday particularly, it really kind of hit the fan as far as the message so far with our love and our liberty and how we use those things. So I thought it was just really awesome, this discussion about how we make decisions and how we use our freedoms inside that process as followers of Christ. So yeah, just really great by Tim taking us through chapter eight, seven through 13. But as you guys are listening, what are some of the first things that kind of tugged at your heartstrings? I think this is something that Tim spoke about that you can very easily walk over this passage and think about this has nothing pertaining to us. They're talking about food being offered to idols and, so forth and so on and we don't deal with that stuff and so let's just get it let's just get through this stuff and move on to chapter nine um but i think that uh, i think that tim did a very good job of making it um uh, relevant as well as culturally relevant yeah he did he did a fantastic job of bringing it into terms that we could understand and he he gave some great examples you know what what kinds of of decisions might we be, you know, faced with in our modern times, living in the culture that we live in. And I love how he said, man, we have, we have these decisions that we have to make every day about how we're going to engage with culture and what things we're going to participate in, what things we're going to reject, what things we're going to redeem. And he, you know, he, he talked about our alcohol consumption you know, tattoos, he talks about vaccines and masks, uh, different kinds of diets, your political uh, leanings or convictions. And I really like how Tim said, man, God has given us an incredible amount of freedom when it comes to these issues that aren't specifically forbidden in scripture, uh, or they're not specifically mandated in scripture. And so we get to use biblical wisdom as we exercise those freedoms and love is our guiding principle in that. And so with that freedom comes a great responsibility to quote uh, uncle Ben from, from Spider-Man. Uh, did I get that right, Sean? I think so. Yeah. 
Okay. 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 Um, and, and, you know, one of the things that I, that's just really been rattling around in my brain ever since Sunday is just, he said, um, just because we have the right doesn't make it right. So just because I have the right and my conscience is clear before the Lord to participate in X, Y, or Z doesn't mean I should. And the, the distinguishing, you know, question we asked there is essentially what, what is most loving to my, my, my fellow man, my fellow brothers and sisters in the family of God. And so I thought, you know, he handled that really well and brought it into some, some terms that we, we really are wrestling with, I think, as, as modern people in, in the, in the secular culture that we live. Yeah. Uh, I, I love so much this topic and just this reminder because yeah, Tim just, just brought it in a way that a lot of us haven't thought through very thoroughly with current context, you know, but I, I don't know if you guys ever thought about this, uh, this, that, what you just said of just cause we have the right doesn't make it right. Could you imagine if, when Jesus was walking on the earth, he just exercised every right and freedom that he had as creator and Lord of the entire earth. He would do whatever that, you know, like so many of us, if we were in that position, the gospel would look very different, you know, but you just see that so much in the person of Jesus, just the restraint showed for that purpose. Like you just said of, of what's most loving, what's going to bring the most glory to God. And so it's interesting thinking about that in our context with, you know, insert whatever the issue is, obviously COVID's a big one right now, but insert the issue. I think a lot of us tend to, it's almost like when you first turn 18 and move out of the house, you know, you're like, I can do whatever the heck I want now. You know, I'm going <laughs> to stay up till three in the morning. I'm going to eat junk food every day, all this stuff because you can, you know, but that doesn't mean you should. And yeah, so just a really convicting reminder, I think for a lot of us. Yeah. I think kind of piggybacking off of that, uh, Sean too, is that, um, as we mature in God, um, we are able to identify what some of these essentials are. And so one of the things that, 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 uh, shared with us, and I know many people have, have heard this quote before, but in essentials unity in non-essentials liberty, but in all things, um, charity. And I think that there's a, um, there's an understanding of understand. There's an understanding of understanding. That's redundant. Huh? I like that. <laughs> That's good. Uh, there's an understanding that we need to under we need to know the 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 essentials. Yep. Right. And I think what happens a lot of times is, um, there are people that may not know the essentials that think that they know the essentials or that they put the essentials on something that is not essential. Right. And I think that's where um, that's where this thing kind of comes in, and what we talked about. Um, you know, uh, where did it say this? Uh, yeah, some people are still so accustomed to idols that uh, when they eat that sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to God, since their conscience is weak and it is defiled, right? Mm. And so, you know, I could. I could look at that thinking that I know what the essentials are and I could think that, well, they're, they're, um, you know, by eating that, that meat, they're, they're worshiping that idol. They're worshiping that God. Right. And that really comes out of, um, out of a place of ignorance on my part, because I'm not functioning that in that way. Um, I'm, I'm making something that is not essential, essential. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, yeah, you're, you're, 
a lot of times I've heard it say like you're, you're majoring in the minors, right? You're, you're, you're taking something that is, that is um, secondary and you're putting it in place that you're, you're, you're operating as if it is primary or, or essential. And, you know, I think, I think the hard part in that for us, especially for, for the, for people like, like a lot of us, we've been in the church for a really long time and we've, we've been discipled and we've, we've, by, by God's grace, we've matured in Christ and our consciences have been developed over time, right? It's really hard for us to, to kind of eat the humble pie and just kind of bite our, bite our lips and, and lay down our rights when we see people who, as Paul put it, are, have a weaker conscience, right? That perhaps they're a new, newer believer or perhaps they're, they, maybe they, they grew up in a super legalistic uh, faith tradition and they're just carrying around like all these crazy burdens and stuff. Like we, we need to be, be careful and discerning and loving towards those people as we exercise our, our liberty. And I don't know if you guys find that to be difficult, <laughs> either you guys here with me or, or, or you beholders listening at home. Um, what do you guys think makes that so hard? Like, why is it so hard for us to make provisions for those who have different convictions and perhaps uh, would fall into the category of a weaker brother. How, how, why is it so hard for us to lay down our rights and, and do what's most loving for them? What are, like, what are the barriers you think? Yeah, I, I think that um, uh, for myself, it's pride and arrogance, right? Um, it, it, it really goes back to the fall, right? Um, that well, how did, how did the devil tempt? He said, oh, you want to be like the most high, right? Well, so I know all this information, right? If you were only like me, you would know all this information and therefore you would not do the things that you're doing or wouldn't be troubled by the things that you're doing. Um, and that really comes out of a place of, 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 of insecurity. It comes out of a place of, uh, you know, that uh, I'm better than, um, uh, of pride and, and arrogance. And there's certainly no... And, and I'm speaking for myself, by the way, and there's no humility in that whatsoever. Oh. Yeah, it's so good. I think like with that too, to kind of paired with that, you rephrased this pride, but for me, it was, I would say self-centeredness, you know, because it, it, it means both. They go hand in hand, but it is like, yeah, I'm, I'm the best. I want to be my own God. But also I think we're just up against a lot, you know, culturally the messaging we're hearing everywhere else is you be your own person. You're you, you hold your own truth. You, you believe in yourself, you know, you can be the person you want to be all the stuff. Um, at the end of the day, we're being conditioned more and more. And then Satan is working really hard as well to, to put all of our stock in our own ability, our own worth removed from anything else. And so we just, we just think that way. We're just so self-concerned. And I think a, a, Sadly, at least in my own life, people I witness and people I talk to, I think a skill that is disappearing more and more and more with the people that are close to me is empathy. You know, people are just really not good at stopping and thinking to themselves, how does this action I'm about to do impact this other person? You know, what is this going to feel like and be like for them? Um, and we just don't think about that. We just think, oh yeah, I have the right to do it. I'm just going to do it. And didn't Tim give an analogy about this with like a red light kind of thing? Did he talk about that at all? Yeah. Yeah. He said, he said, am I, you know, am I permitted by the law in California to make a right hand turn on a red light? Am I permitted to do that? 
by law. Yes, I am. But is it always the best thing to do in every situation? And, and clearly, no. And so that's where the the discernment piece comes in, and that's where love really is is to be the the guiding principle. You know, an, another barrier that I wrestle with is not as nefarious as what you guys mentioned. Uh, I think it is m- most of the time done with good intentions, but but obviously can still f- do the same thing. Like it can still defile someone's conscience or or bind up someone's conscience or, or the other is, you know, wound their weak conscience. Right. So tell me if you guys have seen this or if you felt this yourself. So I think sometimes we look at someone who would fall into the category of having a weaker conscience and we say, Hey man, it would be so much better for you. You would be so much more free and, and easy. Your your heart would be more at rest. Your life would be better if you could just, you know, buy the, 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 the bargain meat, <laughs> you know, or, or, Hey man, if it would be so much better in your life, if you could get over your, your issues with alcohol, or if you could, you know, learn to, um, be comfortable not wearing a mask at this gathering, whatever. Right. And I think sometimes we do it out of like, we want something good for that person. We want them to mature and grow, but we, we don't go about encouraging it in the, in the, in a godly way, in a loving way. And do, do you guys kind of hear what I'm saying? And do, do you think that happens? A hundred percent. I, to me, I would relate that a lot to the empathy discussion of even just in the, the way we choose our words, you know, I think hand in hand with the lack of empathy is a lack of tact, which is kind of what I think we're, we're heading with it is, is, Typically, if someone's really tactful, it's because they're good at like understanding how their words are going to be received with someone. And yeah, I think for sure we're just so quick to blur it out. And a lot of it is because of a our godly conscience. You know, we feel like someone is either walking in sin or, or wronging someone else or whatever whatever it is. It's good motivations. And so of course we want to be quick to defend whatever it is. But in that process, I think sometimes we just don't stop and, and really think through how it's coming out and is it being received as loving and all those things. And then that's really a shame because something that could have been an equipping and uplifting and loving conversation then turns into a, a divisive one, right? Then turns into a source of, of bitterness and it totally didn't have to be that way, but it just came down to that that process of empathizing and delivering and all this. And what am I even talking about this for? Brent's a counselor. He can talk all about this. <laughs> yeah, I was... Um... I was uh, thinking as you were as you were speaking, and I think um, it goes back to what you were saying, Sean, about empathy. It, it's that there has to be a a switch to um, not what is best for me, what is best for the other person, right? How do and and how do I convey that? So if I, you know, and 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 um, one of the setups to this whole past passage. This is um, uh, four through six. It says, so then about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol has nothing at all. Uh, an idol is nothing at all in the world. There is but one God. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven, on earth, and so forth, and yet for us, there is one God, one Father, whom all things come from and whom we live. But there is one Lord Jesus, one Christ, through whom all things come for and through all who live, right? So we have that background, or the people here had that background, and 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 sometimes like like I think like what you were saying, Dan, is that 
I want that for other people as well. But I need to know, and this goes back to the empathy piece that you were saying, Sean, I need to know where they're at. So um, there's a there's a, a, a particular modality that's called IFS. It's called Internal Family Systems. And they have these eight C's, um, which are ways to respond. And one of the C's is curiosity, right? So I'm I'm curious as to what you think about this, right? And then let them speak so that you can grow and you can educate and, and or you can grow and be educated in them. And then, like Sean said, is then to to empathize. Um, and I think the other thing too is um, my uh, when I did some therapy with a, a counselor in um, Castro Valley named Jeff Clipness, he used to sit there and say, um, "You need to be a velvet brick." Right. And so soft on the outside, but steadfast and strong on the inside. So going back to that idea about, um, uh, you know, keeping with the essentials. Right. But speaking that truth and love, because it's when I when I was talking about pride and arrogance is I need not make it about myself. Right. So, for example, my position as an elder Right. I can look at that position as that I'm this kind of hoity toity above everybody else, you know, super godly man. And anybody who knows me knows that I'm just a normal guy. Right. And so. I don't I don't um, I don't overemphasize that that I am, you know, super Christian because I'm not. I'm just a guy. I have a function as an elder, but I want to know where you're at. I want to hear what you have to say. I know what I believe. I'm confident in my belief and I can, and I can stand on those essentials, but let's talk about this and let's, and I, I love what Tim said. I think it was towards the end that people look at us having different ideas about certain things as being a negative. And Tim said, no, that's a positive, right? That's a benefit. That's we a get strange. to look at yeah. things yeah. differently. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> That, uh, I, I just, the, the phrase you just said, well, both those things, I love the, the velvet brick thing. I'm gonna hang on to that forever. Cause I love the idea of it, but also just how, how simply you just said, I know what I believe, you know? And I don't know if you, maybe you guys can tell me if you think this is true or not. Do you guys think that sometimes when people are over concerned with whether or not someone else believes what they believe? that there is some degree or some seed of insecurity that makes it that way, you know, that, Oh, I, I am only like my measure of how worthy my belief is, is now to some degree affected with whether or not you agree with me, but no, instead it's no, I know what I believe. I love that idea. Yeah, that, that is really good. And, and I think, you know, I just keep, I keep kicking around this idea of like, how do we, because I think we would all agree that to have a stronger conscience is better, right? Like, and Tim, Tim did a great job of saying like, Hey, as you grow in your faith, as you mature in Christ, your, your conscience is going to grow and expand. And, you know, he gave us a warning. He said, make sure that your actions don't outpace that, which is, I think a really good warning, but we should also understand that there, there, are, there's going to be a greater degree of freedom the longer we live with Jesus. Right. And, um, it makes me think of Ephesians four. And I know we go there a lot, but I think it's just really germane to this idea because 
um, Paul talks about in verse 11, he's, he's basically saying like, Hey, the Holy spirit and Jesus have given a, have given gifts to people in the, in the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. Why did he do that? Verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. And then he says, speak the truth to each other in love, speak the truth to each other in love in verse 15. And, and he says, what will happen is it'll cause everybody to grow up. It'll cause everyone to grow up into Christ. And if we're all using our gifts and we're speaking to each other and teaching each other and admonishing each other and all wisdom and all of these, if, if the body is doing what the body's supposed to do, it's going to build itself up in love. And those people that have the weaker consciences are going to be strengthened and they're going to experience more and more freedom. It, it's going to happen as we do that. And I really think the key phrase in that for me, that's jumping out is speaking the truth in love. And, and that's a, something that I think we need to do. Um, we need to hear that from our, our, our preaching and teaching team, from our elders from up front. We need to hear that in small group settings. We need to hear that in one-on-one -on -one discipleship. We need to hear that, you know, in our accountability relationships. And I think that's how we're, that's how we can help people. Um, I think grow, right? Tim, Tim said like that. And we talked about this last week too, that our conscience is like a, a referee or an umpire, right? They're, they're making the, our consciences are making these judgment calls. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. And then the Holy spirit is our guide in that. And so as long as we are connected to the body and we're staying in step with the spirit, then don't you guys think that our consciences will be more and more fine tuned over time? Yeah, it sure should. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's a, it's a twofold thing. I think it's both that, I think as we walk in love, it should be natural and organic. You know, if we if we have a heart of love towards one another, then it hopefully it is more natural for us to have empathy, for us to be compassionate, for us to, you know, have less self-concern. At the same time, I think we do have to be intentional. You know, I think that there's times, like Brent, you would attest to this, like in your relationship, maybe you do have to, to be more specific and kind of go after an area of your relationship that you need growth in or you need to be more intentional about. And hey, maybe as a community or your friend circle, you do need to be more hands-on and intentional with, hey, I'm not going to do anything or say anything that's going to make you question your faith or whatever it is going to be. So I think, yeah, I think it's both. I think it's as we walk in love, how can we be intentional to being obedient in these different areas? Yeah, and I, um, <clears throat> so kind of going off of what uh, Dan said about speaking the truth in love, how would you like... Um, to stand in front of Christ and for him to say this statement to you. So, you know, your weak brother or sister who I died, do you realize that you destroyed them with your knowledge? Wow. That's sobering. That's a sobering thought. Yeah. Right. And I think, I don't know why, but I, I, I look at this as, and this is going to sound really weird, but almost like a math teacher. Right. So if, if you take a math teacher and, and, and they're teaching like, algebra or trigonometry and they've gone through um, applied mathematics and stuff like that. They have a lot more knowledge as 
Dan would sit there and say they have a lot more freedom with math and math concepts than some of the other people do. And they can look down their nose at somebody and sit there and go, you knuckleheads, why don't you know these, uh, you know, this uh, calculus and applied mathematics and um, differential equations and all that stuff. And people are right now thinking that this guy doesn't know anything what he's talking about when it comes to math. And you're probably right. But nonetheless, um, but they they meet them where they're at. They don't make, you know, they don't sit there and say, hey, listen now, you know, you're right. Um, one plus one doesn't really equal two. No, they meet them where they're at, but they speak the truth in math, right? So that they can get to where <laughs> the, 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 the teacher is, and so to speak. And I think, I think that's kind of a, a similar idea is that um, too much is given, much is required, and we have a responsibility to go back and, and I pray that that my knowledge would never destroy another mm-hmm. brother or sister. Yeah, that's good. And I like that analogy because ultimately each person in the body of Christ is is responsible to the Lord for their their own spiritual maturity. We no matter how much we love somebody, no matter how much truth we have, we cannot force someone to grow up into Christ. We can't force someone to to grow into the the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Like that's something that they have to uh, participate with the Holy Spirit, you know, in in seeing happen in their life. Like they have to want it. They have to to do the work, you know. And so I think that's somewhere that's some place that I that we can fall into a trap with our brothers or the people that we maybe that we mentor or disciple or even our with our wives or our kids you know, we, we get frustrated because we were trying to control their maturity and their growth rather than really trusting the Lord with them, you know, for, for, for that process to work out in them. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's a really important, you know, idea in this topic. Yeah. You know, I think we're, really really subtle easy easy subjects you know nothing to nothing to really dive deep on as you process this i'm kidding Uh they're 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 big things but you know this reminds me of just as maybe one of my ending things um you just kind of the the encouragement and the warning in james one you know about being about doing the word about hearing and doing the word and he tells us he says this i'll just read it he says know this my beloved brothers let every person be Quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And man, I think as one little practical tool, takeaway to help you as you do the walking in love and speaking in love, just be be slow to speak, be quick to listen. You know, if you have a disagreement about an issue, rather than voicing your opinion first, why don't you try to understand the other person? Why don't you ask, hey, Dan, help me understand why you feel this way about this instead of just blabbing about why he's wrong about whatever it is, because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You know, mm-hmm. and then the, the warning part of this at the end of, of James one, there's a stark warning here. If, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue and deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless, man. 
we have to control our tongue and not deceive ourselves and instead do that walking in love by just listening and being empathetic and, and understanding our brothers and sisters. Yeah. One of the things I like about what you said, um, uh, Sean, is being quick to listen. And, and I, I take that one step further to listen without response. Right. A lot of times, you know, I hear a couple words and I've got my response. I'm trying to I'm trying to get in there. I'm trying to get in there. I'm trying to sit there because you, you guys need to hear what I have to say. You get, you know, and it's just listen, let them finish. Listen to what they have to say. Right. I have a little um, a, a little thing. So you, you, if, if, if you want to know where you're going, you have to stay on the right road. And that's stop, think and act. Right. So stop. Listen to them. Think about what they're saying and then act, respond to them in a way that is beneficial, that is not reactionary. Sounds like something I should get tattooed on my face backwards so that I see it every day in the mirror. Because I, I, I've heard you say that before, but it is so hard to practice it in the heat of the moment. You know, the fight or flight, you know, kind of response, you know, really gets triggered and. And it's so easy to just, you know, sp- just, just jump in there and talk, you know, and, and isn't it cool just to think that, man, that, uh, there's so much wisdom in God's word, you know, just, just that the, if we, if we just can by his grace and through his power, just walk in obedience, man, we're, we're going to be walking like that straight and narrow road. That's like, that leads to the most freedom and leads to the most life and, and brings peace and unity and, and, and love. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's really, really good. Um, you know, one thing that, that I think maybe would be a good place to, to, to leave the, the discussion today was these, um, these love and Liberty principles that Tim gave us at the end of his, his notes. And I found out something, uh, interesting too, about, I can't remember if I said this on the podcast last week or not, but, so if you go to vbc.online and you you hit the button that says watch church online or church online, then you can always get to the message notes, right? But Wednesday afternoon, they change everything over to the upcoming message notes. Did you guys know this? Sean, I'm sure you know this. Doesn't an elf doesn't do it magically, right? So if you uh if you wanted to get that resource, we often we often reference it. Uh you got to do it before Wednesday, but anyway, there's these these principles, and I thought maybe I'd just read them, and we and we can just kind of let them marinate and, and sit with us because I think it it in a really concise way just sums up our conversation. So let me just read these, and then um, if you guys have some final thoughts, you you can do that. So these are the love and liberty principles that Tim left us with on Sunday. Having the right to do something doesn't mean we're free to do it in every circumstance, regardless of its effects on others. That's number one. Number two, our liberty in Christ can and should be voluntarily limited in order not to cause a believer to sin by violating their conscience. Liberty is limited by love. Number three, maintaining the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace may require a believer to give up personal rights. Number four, we should avoid anything that would make newer, weaker believers think less of their faith 
or that would make someone who doesn't follow Jesus feel more at ease with their sin. Sounds easy to do. <laughs> yeah, easier said than done, right? I, I think this is a kind of a theme that's been going on, and then what Tim talked about. He talked about about love, and 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 that love is manifest in unity. Um, uh, a while ago, I had a, a chance to speak and um, uh, at an event, and, and never before has the world been so polar. Last time the United States was as polarized as it was is at the Civil War. Crazy. And so we have this church, and we have different ideas, and we have all these different things, and we need to we need to seek unity. Why? Because that's what God tells us to do. And how do we do that? We do that through love. And through love is not pushing my agenda, it's pushing God's agenda, right? And so I was just gonna I was just gonna read this last passage of scripture uh, a little bit uh, differently. So this is nine through thirteen. It says, "Be careful, however, that you exercise that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you, with all your knowledge, um, doing something." Won't that person be emboldened to eat and do the same thing? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I do causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never do that again so that I will not cause them to fall. So the only thing I did was I substituted out the, the idea of meat. Um, and put in our actions. Um, and I, I think I think it was a, a Dan, I'm not sure, but um, are we prepared to do whatever it takes? Right? And that's a question that I'm asking myself, right? Would I would I sit there and say that if I if my eating meat causes my brother to sin, if my doing this or my doing that causes my brother to sin, would I take a position that I would never do that again? I don't know that I can say that I would. It's very convicting. And I think when you think about that, it's like, man, a lot of times you're right. We don't live like that. You know, I'm not even willing to put on a piece of mask for you, whatever it is, you know, let alone the, the, the harder things in life. So man, a lot, a lot to chew on here, a lot to process, but I think there's just a foundation here as you think through all these things, those principles, as you think through what it looks like to be quick to listen in your life, as you think through, are you willing to, to pay that price for your brother? You know, uh, I think at the very base of it all is, do you have just a, a love and delighting in the person of Jesus? And hopefully all of these other things are outpourings of that as you process doing life alongside our savior. But if you don't, then you got to start there. You know, all this other stuff is is actionable things that come from your love and devotion to Jesus. If you don't have that or you don't claim to know that, man, email us, text us. We'd love to, to talk to you about that because that is the well, that is the source that can enable us to do all of these things, to, to walk in love and in liberty in this way. All right, y'all. Hey, Brent, so grateful for your time. Been great to have your, your wisdom up, up on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry that uh, I couldn't I couldn't be longer, but um, maybe, maybe next time. Our beholders, I'm sure, are not sorry. They, <laughs> I think every once in a while, it's nice for them to have a little bit of a shorter pod. I love it. 
All right, guys. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. Hope to catch you on, on Sunday as we continue on in love and liberty. And then again next week for the podcast. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.